up, long players? Welcome to the Long Play Listening Party, the show where we go deep on local music, recording, inspiration, gear, stories, whatever sounds good to us. I'm Howie Howard from Mr. Furious Records. Whole crew in the house tonight. Nate Hold, Astrali's Music. What's going on? What's up, y'all? Royce Diamond, how you feeling? I'm great. I'm excellent. And we are joined by Steady P. I'm going to be listening to SOS Toxic. What's going on, Steady? I'm chilling, man. You know, it's a uh, it's a school night. It's Black History Month, right? And this is so appropriate. Excellent. Welcome. So, uh, what do you? Where should we start on SOS Toxic? I mean, uh, you've been making music for a while. Yeah. What what inspired this record in particular, or or where? Did, what's the beginning of this particular album for you? Um, my last record was put out in November uh, of 2015, and it was just prior to me uh, buying a house and having children, starting the whole mortgage uh, family kind of thing. Now they're six. It's six years later. This is the first record, um, I guess, after my hiatus, if you will, of releasing records. Um, I was touring, gigging, doing the whole thing, but this, um, you know, when you make music and you're, I guess, maybe like you're at our age, right? And and you got people who are producing music. Um, I don't produce anymore, but I always buy beats and I hang on to them uh, very near and dear. Um, and I've done it my whole career. Songs that people have heard, you know, I could tell you stories about. But um, I would say, like, like right before the pandemic hit, this was a record I was starting to work on. Um, coming out of a relationship and looking kind of, you know, back in my career and trying to navigate, like, okay, how do I do this now? with these two little ones, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what am I talking about? How am I moving? You know, I'm, I'm used to being able to, to, to do a lot, I guess, abroad, or maybe at least try to travel and tour, you know? So, I, you know, I would say kind of at that moment, um, that's what the uh, inspiration and the influence was. And then the pandemic hit, and I feel like that was, the random, like, you know, cars that are dealt, you know, run of the dice or whatever with with what all of us, you know, are experiencing, um, you know, together, vicariously together, away from each other. You know, I can I can run through it like it like it'll, it'll spook you, you know, but it had it, it definitely like, you know, had an influence on me, I guess I would say uh, since 2019. Um, you know, in this scape of time, let's, let's say, you know, since, um, pandemic started, we've lost quite a, quite a lot of people. We've lost quite a lot of venues. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once again, like, like, I feel like when the internet came and converged on music, um, this was kind of a, a grandioso moment 
that also was an equalizer, you know, if you will. Um, and, and that whole period, I was just, you know, really uh, trying to soak up uh, emotions and vibes. Um, I was screaming PPP the whole time, which <laughs> I just wanted to just, you know, continuously flip, like, you know, like being the Cess Crew fan that I am. Um, <laughs> you know, either acronyms and alliteration, if, if if you will. But you know, it was um, it was a period of time that really had a really big impact on me. Um, you know, kids aren't allowed to go to school, so I get to be at home with my kids, which I love. But you know, also you know, in the same breath, there's just a lot that was going on in society. Um, you know, not only with black people being killed outside young black men. I don't really like to use BLM because it's owned by the Democrats. Mm -hmm. But this is something that goes back to my 2013 record, Gonzo, you know, when Mike Brown was getting shot and murdered in Ferguson and most people in Kansas City not really knowing or caring. So, you know, it, uh, it it strikes, you know, something at home with me. Also, I like to remind people that during this time in the pandemic, the Me Too movement also happened. Right. A lot of men don't like to speak to this. Shout out to my mom and my dad and me keeping my mother effing D in my pants. <laughs> Because there's a lot of people who got canceled. <laughs> and then other people felt the way about me speaking about it. I go, hey, bro, I I did not, uh, right? <laughs> but, it, um, you know, this record, you know, I'm trying to encapsulate a moment that I felt like we all were going to forget about. So once things got normal again, once things cooled off, you know, people got uncanceled. Then then you have, you know, then you kind of have what's going on happening. So I, I really tried to encapsulate a moment. Um, you know, the PPP shit, um, you know, people of color, the police, pandemic. You know, a lot of things were kind of not only coming down on people of color, but to me, it was our whole entire uh, sector of living. You know, music. You know, um, my children are biracial. You know, I'm Native American and Black. Um, you know, I believe in a lot of progressive ideas and a lot of these things, you know, were, were really, um, you know, threatened during pandemic. A lot of things that um, I just feel like a lot of people are kind of ignorant to. I, I'm never really claiming to know any, any of all of anything just because that's not the kind of country that we live in. But I really did my damnedest to uh capsulate a moment of feeling uh for this particular record um so much like a sinking ship titanic the middle passage or maybe it's the middle of pandemic and everyone is is on a sinking ship blowing all this government money on drugs and alcohol you know acting like we're never going to get back to what we were doing you know, and you encapsulate these moments. And um, 
you know, the record is, is a, it kind of works as a case study. And then there's acronyms with that, you know, you know, save our scene, save our ships, steady off sabbatical, um, okay. you know, kind of stuff like that. Oh, and that goes, you're, you're going right to the title. And that's, that's the next thing I wanted to ask about is like where the title has multiple meanings. Did it come did the title come first? Did it come in the middle? Did it come at the end? I feel like the title is important. Great question. Um, on my 13 record, Breakfast with Dr. Gonzo, um, a friend of mine, David Price, I grew up with, he was one of our underground staff writers. He always was a big fan of this song called Gonzo off of there. And the, um, the second verse kicks off and there's a reference and, uh, there's something that's said, and it says, uh, Sultan of the Secular. And at a time where I was coming up here, um, I guess that was kind of like a quasi-character for me. Um, you know, without going too deep, like, like we all know, like, secular, non-secular, you know, whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, but me trying to find my space in this, in this, completely unadulterated, uncontrolled uh, kind of lane where a lot of people are not going to identify with, which is completely fine with me. You know, I can talk all that smart shit with the best of them, and then we can go, you know, anywhere else and trap with the best of them as well. I'm not really a judgy person, man. Like, I want, I want the crayon box. You know, my goal is always that crayon box. So... You know, I made some choices to kind of just put out some content that I, I really wanted to put out that I felt like spoke to that SOS, almost like if you're on an island and you're shooting the flares. You know, <laughs> a, a lot of us went through a lot of different things during that pandemic period, right? The toxic part was added during pandemic. We always knew we were going to do the SOS. We always knew it. And then, like, I guess maybe, like, the whole, like, shipwrecked kind of thing. Or if you're thinking about, like, the USSR or the, what, what, the Santa Maria. You know, we have the, the Middle Passage for slavery. I felt like it was poignant to, like, almost name the ship. Now, I know that ships aren't named distress signals. We all know that, but, you know, like, people always get really mad at me when I change, like, syntaxes and shit and rules and, like, no, fucking me. You know what I mean? You know, whatever. Can I, can I curse on here? Yes, of course you can. Good. And I'm going to start the music, actually. Yeah, uh, sure. you should. But, you know, I wanted to add the toxic part so that I could have some sort of historical reference. And, and 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 have th this opportunity to kind of like introduce some notions where, yeah, I know this might not be like the most wholesome, healthiest, you know, subject matter at times, but I feel like, you know, I'm raising a family here. I love hip hop. Um, I've, done, I've did my damnedest to try to like present, you know, um, a respectable, plausible, you know, you know, kind of product. You know, I'm born and raised in here. 
both my parents are still alive and college educated, but like, it doesn't mean we're not outside. It doesn't mean we can't count. It doesn't mean we don't know the plug. It doesn't mean, you know, that niggas ain't struggling. It doesn't mean that people aren't drug addicts. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's always these little notions and these niches. And especially in Kansas City, you know, it's really, uh, you know, you're either this or you're that. Yeah. I you know, you. I very much feel like I'm pretty much part of all of it. So <laughs> I've always been kind of lost <laughs> going in circles like, you know, you don't identify anywhere. But, um, you know, I, I just, again, like, I was just kind of trying to speak to a moment and speak to, like, some people where, yeah, you know, or a little bit of all of it. You know, sometimes it's okay to be toxic or not healthy if you can make your way through it. Um, or even, you know, per se, calling myself toxic, you know, over the years or being overbearing or over competitive, but I'm trying to explain myself and gain some clarity and, and share my vulnerabilities and share, you know, some of the things that kind of, you know, I struggle with uh, a lot, a lot, which is loss and identity you know and 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 trying to find a, a, a space where i can kind of celebrate myself you know oftentimes i look around and say like i don't understand what we celebrate here you know what i'm saying like i don't really need to be cool i don't really need your attention you know but like i have custody of my children and my catalog what are we celebrating you know I have health insurance, life insurance, own my home, own my cars. Like, I've watched every step of my children. I don't feel like our age group has ever been in the arena of celebrating dudes that like are good dads. My first example of this ever in my career is, is the guy I turned down in the corner. A great dad. You, you know what I'm saying? Like impeccable, like impeccable. You know, like and even to this day, bro. They, they, these are like things I try to keep up with. You know, I'm I'm a single dad, but you know, I don't really like excuses. You know, like you know, I have, I have a good upbringing. <laughs> I'm educated. I have college degrees. So there's no excuse here. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't but, mean it's but not also moving forward, like I'm also not trying right. to play pussy with a bunch of niggas who have lost a bunch of shit and will never have anything to show for what Royce Diamond or Steady P has. So I would argue, what exactly are our children going to celebrate? Right? You know, I've been in the cars growing up. You look up at you look up at billboards, right? You've seen the billboards. Thank you, you know. You've seen the billboards. Now, the things that I just said are things that those people can't say. I'm not a hater, but I'm 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 extremely concerned about our local hip-hop community in our local scene when it comes to like how are we gonna move forward like i said my last record is six years ago right 
I feel like Cats done had the ball for six years. What has happened <laughs> in six years? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. One of the things, one of the things I really appreciate about this record, and I'm getting the sense we're just meeting for the first time, Betty, but I, I think this is the sense I'm getting from you immediately. You're multifaceted. You embrace the record, I can say for sure. Since I'm getting from you personally, just in the last few minutes, you're putting multiple aspects of yourself out there. You're not particularly worried about any perceived like contradictions or I hear here all of it is. That's what I hear on the record anyway. Look, man. Like I told Royce, I couldn't wait for this. Like I'm like I'm I'm little bro, bro, bro. Like I'm little bro. <laughs> you know the weird one and shit. The tastemaker scene in Kansas City. Like Kansas City has one of the greatest, uh, you know, hip hop sectors and scenes in all the world. Unfortunately, since we are so talented here, with the people that we do have. It's very easy uh, to pit people against each other in a scene that that no one was ever given credibility, right? I tell people all the time, man, like I'm like I'm the wrong one to fuck with, bro, and 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 I've always thought that I legitimately was an X man, and if I had to be, a, you know, when I was young, I wanted to be Wolverine. <laughs> but the older I get, the older I get, I feel like I'm Professor X. Okay. So cerebral bars. That's why we say toxic. The, so the joke, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and by the way, man, I have a love for our whole entire city. Okay? One of the greatest rappers to ever walk the earth is Aaron Yates Tech Nine. Period. Then, if we are talking like like Luke 50 and BMF and all the power shit, right? The factor? That's another go. E40 used to be here, all this stuff, bro. And it, it, it goes across these lines, right? I hate the disconnect from like the hood to the birds to the tastemaker scene. It's been one of my biggest hates of like our own scene here is like, we all can't do it, you know? So like when I would do Midwest Guy Next, I just book everybody, you know what I'm saying? And I guess I feel like I just feel comfortable. I, I understand what you're saying, but like I'm at a different point where it's like like a lot of people, you know, they, they want exposure and shit. Like I just like Royce and homie. And I see Royce, and I'm just like, you know, like let me get on there. Cause a lot of times, you know, all of us here at home in Kansas City, we have to challenge ourselves, you know, in our own um like platforms. You know what I'm saying? And 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 you guys have a beautiful platform here too. So I wanted to get on here and just kind of share what was going on. You know, but but you know, I very much respect like like your question. And um I wish I had a better answer. You know, my dad's 81 years old and still alive. If I wouldn't have had kids, he probably wouldn't be here now. And he's a cold piece of fucking work. Okay. And a lot of people you know, they uh, they have very, like, very distinct opinions about me. You know, but, like, at the same time, like, I'm just not a pushover. And, you know, I'm, I'm Kansas City till the death. You know what I'm saying? So, there's a lot of things that, like, I like to say in a vote. 
and people they just don't like it and that's fine you know approach and mag lethal are some of the best on stage hip-hop performers mm-hmm. you will ever see in your life Dirty ass kids. People are not out here saying that. I'll say it. <laughs> you won't get any argument from us. Okay, no, like, man. I'll say it. Where, where the fuck do you think that I came from? I grew up on Tech 9, Rich the Factor, The Popper, Mac Lethal, and Approach. <laughs> oh, can someone please can someone please like say this out loud just like give me that that new little hug care emoji on facebook just like we understand him Fuck. because you know it, it's it's a hell of a thing to carry you know like and hip hop is uh you know it's uh it's tough and it's competitive so I've really you know moving forward I've tried to kind of find a a space for myself to celebrate what I love you know hip hop wise you know rest in peace doom and and the essence but then also be progressive and and, and push like some narratives you know what I'm saying like you ain't really gotta follow nobody you can be weird you know. They're like, I got bad jokes, bro. <laughs> They're terrible. You guys don't even want this on your platform. <laughs> you know. The only, the, the only, the only rappers we acknowledge who wear a mask are named MF Doom and Vic Vaughn. Right? <laughs> are there other rappers who wear a mask? <laughs> Hey man, you have to call me. <laughs> Shit. Shit. Let me ask you this, man. So, like, the essence is the essence. Nah, turn the music down, bro. Get into this convo now. <laughs> you gotta turn your music down. <laughs> My, oh, that's me. That's me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought that I turned it down. I turned it down again. So, were you. Were you not recording at all for that six years? Were you writing? What were you doing? None, nothing. Yeah, so what I was, was that uh, like? Parenting, fucking with Indie Fest. Um, okay. Parenting, okay. fucking with Indie Fest, and just like managing. Um, I got into the marijuana sector with uh, Bluebird Wellness Center. It was a um, like a wellness clinic to get your car or your cultivation license. You know, I spent some time at Voodoo Lounge as a talent buyer as well. Okay. And also, okay. and also in Columbia. And just kind of moving around and, you know, taking a break. I had someone close to me convince me that I didn't have to put out music every year. You know? <laughs> and, and I actually, you know, listen. But, um... You know, it was also like selfishly, you know, as silly as it sounds, I just, I've managed some kids and I've had my impact and I really wanted to show people that I literally, you know, had the means and the prowess to go home, you know, buy a house, be a dad, not put out a record, not go out on tour. Here's, you know, nothing but footage until like, you know, you're you're this dad until you're just not cool anymore, right? <laughs> but but you know, I, I don't know, man. Like it, it, it really meant a lot to me 
um, you know, I, I, you know, we've been a business and recognized and paying taxes um, yeah. since 2007. Um, I'm sorry, uh, I want to say 06 actually, but but you know, and I, I did my thing for a long time. So so coming up to 2015, you know, I had been touring with Dan. I think it was you know five albums, five years, five tours all in a row. One year break, then another album, then a crew album, and you know there was shit before that that you know didn't fall in the lineage, and just I just felt like it was kind of time. I would always throw my shit in storage, um, you know, piece on leases, and, and leave for eight months. Come on later, you know. Come on later, like fuck it. But uh, you know, again, like just. Uh, you know, chase my dreams. Yeah. You know, I wanted to do art. You know, like I, like I'm educated, but I came out during the I came out in 07, right before the 08 recession. So. <laughs> you know, like, hey, what you want me to do? <laughs> so you know, we, we right. still did it, man, and and I'm glad that I did, and I and I feel like. Uh, you know, my decisions and, and what I did, you know, definitely made me the man who I am. You know, I feel like hip hop made me a better man. Um, you know, money fist over fist, you know, accounting, extracurriculars, traveling, you know, like you got a bunch of rappers out here. They want to sell you what they what they going to sell you. Right. Like that, that's not what I'm going to sell you. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that everything wasn't in front of me and offered to me, but I made a lot more money keeping my dick in my pants. <laughs> Lessons. Lessons. So what was it like getting back in the studio, man? That's a little rough. I hear you. I got it. You know, Yo, what, I, you what, know what, what, what track is this, by the way? Uh, real quick. <laughs> Turn up. Get in. Get in. Get in. Yeah. Um. Oh shit, man. I guess. Are we on the second half, man? Huh. Are you All good? Right. You good, cool. bro? It's no rules. It's no rules. This shit, bro. <laughs> so like, like, I, the, like, check me out. So, uh, get in is one of the beats. With that, but I, I kind of alluded to uh, earlier. I've had to be forever. I've had to be since Gonzo, possibly even before. I want to say maybe even since Dear Columbia, if Royce would even believe that. He'd be like, Is that like 2013, something like that? Dear Columbia is 08. Oh, my bad. And Gonzo 13. Okay. When I stopped producing tracks, and I would have tracks with these feelings, I started to keep them because. As I saw, like, how kids were, like, making beats, right? So, like, at Indie Ground at a point, right, we had Brett Gretzky, Dom, Scotty Wu, Van Gogh. Every artist after me makes all their own beats for all their own music. Me and Dan don't make any beats anymore. <laughs> you know? So I would always just buy these and stash them. You know? Um, and and it's one of the best decisions I ever made. You know, I remember, uh, you know, rest in peace, Info Gates, and working with Gates, he would tell me beats, show me beats, 
beats like everyone's turned these down for years, you know, and I got the sophisticated ignorance beat. And when I got that beat for him, it was like 2011. It didn't come out till 13. And I tell people all the time, like, man, like it, you just, you just can't rush, especially if you have like a melody, like in your head or it's there and you believe in it, you know, you, you just can't rush it. It doesn't. A good point, man. It just doesn't pan out. It never fucking pans out. You know what I'm saying? Like, so there's a lot of songs that are, are are great songs, but I definitely, you know, was selfishly, you know, hiding them. And then also, I I felt like I learned, say like uh, 2012, 2013, better make room. There came this time where people didn't want any more samples. And then people got afraid of the samples as things moved to the internet and moved to Spotify and all silly ass shit. But I just talked to shit. Because these vibes, those vibes are forever. And especially if you have a character or a vibe that you don't want to let go of, you know, like, you know, better than yourself or just buy beats. You know, people aren't really that passionate. They feel like if they spend on something, they got to let it go. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Car insurance doesn't work that way, now, does it? <laughs> Neither does life insurance. <laughs> so, so that doesn't really make a lot of sense. And it was a lot of those decisions that, you know, have always made, uh, you know, some moments better for me. But the Get In Beat is by a guy named Cutler Jones. And Cutler is, is probably the longest running producer I probably kept, you know, tucked. Um, you know, he's made a lot of stuff going back to Dear Columbia and, um, and Gonzo. And I like to tuck, you know, it, when, you know, like when shit is fire is fire. Sure. But like, sometimes you got to tuck it. The same things, uh, happened with my experience with info. So I have, you know, four to six tracks unreleased that I've held purposely and, you know, for each his own, but like now, like those things are coveted. Yeah. You know, and and you get to release things here and there when they make sense. And that's just kind of how it goes. And I think that's what builds uh, better music and better albums. I think that's why people maybe had a response to the record because you heard a lot of Sonics that you probably thought were dead. Yeah, <laughs> definitely sonically sounds very good, man. For sure. You know, yeah. there, there, there's things on there we can't, I can't go find that now. Can't. So you would have to have it like a time capsule. You know? And if you don't covet it like that, then you likely don't have it. Gotcha. So where did you uh so what was different about this ha- producing this record now with your kids? Like, how did that change the way you went about making the record? Because before, you could just go ghost. You know what I'm saying? You could travel, go wherever you wanted to, hop into any studio you wanted to. I'm sure you had a ton of constraints. Um, So how did that affect the process for you? So, and and even on this one, I recorded in St. Louis. Okay. I, I still have yet to ever record a record here. Okay. And when this started out, I was going to do it here, down here. And, you know, one of my engineers kind of tied back in and was like, yo, especially when he found out that I had Dear Columbia and Gonzo Beats 
with crack outs. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 you know? But, you know, I, I, I can record myself. I'm not about to mix no fucking record, though. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, uh, you know, but I, I've always loved leaving because I just don't want to be distracted, right? One of the things I always uh, struggled with was the fact that, like, the kids are here, right? Okay, so then, so then how do we, like, you know, kind of handle this? And I, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to, um, I just didn't like want to switch up. Oh, the it way was, you were. It was really important to me to like, just figure out how to like say things better. Um, yeah. Be wittier. But also pick some moments to just be flat out vulnerable. So that it, it forever makes sense. I already know the content I've put out. Um, you know, sure, I, you know, whatever. When we were growing up, marijuana was a drug. Now it's medicine. That's fine. This is evolution. This is, this is progression. But I definitely wanted to put out a product that was going to stand up for, like, when I'm gone and my kids listen to this and they realize that this is the first, you know, record that our dad put out when we were here. Here's what happened, and here's what he said, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that, I, I think that that had a lot to do with it. And then the biggest protagonist to my career is losing my brother in 2006, when I definitely was rapping but not taking anything seriously. I certainly was not coming out of a state college to amount to anything. <laughs> You know, like, sorry, but not a lot of people do. You know, I have two degrees. I'll say whatever the fuck I want. There's not a lot of people who come out of those situations who are truly all that happy. It's an even smaller percentage of those people who actually get a job in their emphasis. Remember, I came out before the recession with an English degree and a communications marketing degree. The <laughs> fuck am I going to do? The fuck am I going to do? Right. You know? Right. Throw parties and rap and figure it out. You know? Like, right. Meanwhile, you know, there's people around us. You know, I can't get into business school, and these guys can't count money. You know? So, mm. like, everything's mm -hmm. relative. Everything's relative. That's why I always, like, Love where I'm from, my upbringing, you know, all sectors of the city and every aspect of life. Because I know how to hustle. I know how to work. I know how to count money. I can cut grass. I can weed eat. I can dig holes. I can <laughs> trim. I can paint. I can paint interior, exterior. You know what I'm saying? Like, that. that's my daddy. But at the end of the day, you know, too, the, the music and the craft, I just think a lot of people are always stuck in their basement just a little much. And, 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 you know, you know, there, there's like a difference. Right. And I don't really do. I don't want to disrespect anyone. Cause I feel like we all need each other. Right. Like, look at my man set up over here. Look at this shit. I don't right? have it. I'm never going to have this. I bought an ASR and uh like a 10 and the original John, but I'll never know how to use it. <laughs> do, you know, do you know how much money this man has invested in his life 
<laughs> to have that, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So everyone has this choice, bro. All I ever wanted to do is probably be him, but I'm not that smart. Okay. Oh, man, I, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't call me smart, man. I wouldn't well, call me smart. <laughs> I, I, no like, like, look I'm at the people around you, bro. You got I'm a person around you, bro. I see this detour hoodie on you, boy. You better <laughs> I, I, I know a lot of smart people. <laughs> we all do, right? You know, but <laughs> I try to surround you know, myself with a lot of smart people. Yeah, man. I mean, I got I got all sorts of shit around here. I don't know how to use half of it, but I'll keep buying it. You know, but <laughs> for you know, for the day I can't leave the house again. But you know, I just I have a lot of respect for like everyone and like kind of what they bring to our craft and what and what their position is, you know. You know, I, I think I get a lot more respect and notoriety, you know, for people who I've been responsible for some of their success. Or I'll ask people like, you know, how many people are you responsible for getting a paycheck? How many people are you responsible for teaching taxes? How many people have you given their masters? You know, mm -hmm. these are conversations that no one wants to have anywhere, definitely in Jackson County which is fine with me. But I think like SOS toxic is kind of this, this moment for me where it's like, okay, like I'm not even trying to scream indie ground, which a lot of people know me for. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I but was this whole that. time it's, it's SOS because this is where we're at. I can't really afford for these dudes to be like, yeah, fuck indie ground. Like nigga grow up. <laughs> If y'all would have listened to begin with, you'd have your own manager with your own 1099, but you don't. You know? Mm. <laughs> so, mm. I, so I'm Joe wondering. Nah, bro. Nah, bro. Like, like, check this out. If your kids were into music, would you let them sign? Oh, like a record deal? Like a record deal. Mm. And And, like, save me the whole, like, was it Jimmy Iovine or something? Like, like fucking Where? save me. Like, save me the bullshit. Like, save me the, the effing bullshit. Like, you probably likely would not let your kids sign, especially if you felt like you had enough capital to just do it yourself. Right? right. Sure. Right. Okay. Like, labels are canceled. Jay-Z started Rock Nation, a management company, and I've been managing people just as long as well. You know? Other times I would tell like people who participate in 360 deals, you know, these men should have accountants and managers, health insurance, you know, financial counseling and a means of which to leave. Right. You know, that that builds up anyone, you know, to be success, you know, successful. No, no one would ever, you know, want to do like a 360 deal a la 300 and YouTube and Lyra Cohen, where that was, you know, architect from. Like, no one would ever want to do that. You know, so when it comes to our small scene here, like, it just means a lot to me. You know, when it comes down to, to the Midwest guy next shit and, you know, all that, you know, like, you know, I shouldn't have to come off sabbatical, steady off sabbatical. And, like, things get promising because people don't want to go combat the same people that I want to combat, right? 
there's no right or wrong answer. It's just like, what are we celebrating and, and like, who's the enemy? You know? Eternal <laughs> questions. What are we celebrating? Who's the enemy? Teddy P, SOS Toxic. Uh, we're going to take a little break. Listeners, we'll be back at you next week with the rest of the album. This has been the Long Play Listening Party. Later, everybody.